Welcome to the GoBlog Social Podcast. We're your hosts, Sarah and Catherine, and we are here to help uncover all the strategies, success stories, and tips on how to build, grow, and launch your brand or blog. Follow along to learn something new in every episode. I'm so excited. We're here with Abigail Pumphrey. She um, does many things, but what is really cool is she was an attendee at GoBlog Social in 2015 at the Berg Event Space, which is not even, I don't even think it's open anymore, which is so crazy to think about. And that was one of our biggest, I think that was one of the most like standout two-day conferences that we had. And I remember meeting Abigail and she was going through all these transitions in her life, her career. Um kind of ready to start blogging and seeing what that could lead, where that could lead. Mm-hmm. And um, she has literally, I mean, far exceeded anyone. Like, she's just, like, blown up in so many ways. Like, she um, owns a company that's called Boss Project, formerly Think Creative Collective. Um, she podcasts. She has a personal brand. Like, she literally has done all of these things. And it's so inspiring. Like, and we get to you. hear your whole story. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So we're excited. We're so excited to chat with her, and I would just love for you to kind of, like, to give a background on, like, where you got started sure. versus where you are today. Sure. So back in when I attended Go Block Social, it was, like, I want to say the weekend after I found out I was getting laid off from my job. Yeah. So I had been given 30 days notice to leave a tech startup that I'd only been at for three months. And I was a little bit panicking. But yeah. So, I go, so did that encourage you to attend, or were you already planning on? I think I just I started kind of mixing and mingling with people. Mm-hmm. I literally might have been blogging for two weeks when I came to the mm-hmm. event. So it was all very new to me. I'd always had a desire to blog. Or, well, and or you have a graphic design background, right? So you right. have the marketing. Yeah. So that's where I went yeah. to school. I mean, I studied graphic design, I studied marketing, um, and had been doing that for years in kind of like a corporate in-house creative kind of role, but never, never had really branched out on my own, at least fully. Like, I, I don't know, I think most designers or most creative people take side projects, but yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I hadn't really done anything professionally at that point, and so I had just started taking and working on finding clients for what I thought was going to be a design company. Um, which is where a lot of people start mm-hmm, is yeah. by consulting. So yeah, 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 exactly. Doing exactly what I thought I was, I was basically doing corporate work for myself for the same kind of clientele. Um, but maybe not as, I don't know, dubious, <laughs> like a little more s- a small businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of local businesses actually, um, because I didn't, I didn't necessarily want to, work in that same kind of male-dominated environment that a lot of corporate design tends to, like, be about. And so I I started the blog really with an intention to play. Like, the blog and the business didn't feel completely aligned in the beginning. It was a lot of me throwing spaghetti at the wall, seeing what I like to blog about, seeing what felt right, and I literally blogged about it. And you were so consistent. She was blogging like weekly, was it, or is it daily? I mean, I remember five days a week. Yeah, okay, that's what it was. Started. I mean, I think that's a great thing for people to know too, because to really be blogging and to call yourself a blogger, like you have to have content on your website. Yeah, but like that was a commitment, and even then, pre like social media influencing, like to say like I'm gonna blog five times a week. That's that was like a big deal. Yeah, like I 
like that's how, like, when I started, I mean, I probably wasn't vlogging at the same capacity, like, really dedicated, but it was all about putting it out there. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I felt like most of the, my friends at the time who had started vlogging, they were doing it fairly regularly, even if it was just a couple of times a week. Yeah. Because at the time, to get traffic, like, you really needed more content, I felt like. I don't necessarily think you need to vlog by far the same amount today right. as you did then mm -hmm. to be seen or be considered a blogger, but I think part of that is because Instagram has become right. almost a micro-blog yep. environment, and so it's not necessarily required that you have that same presence on so your you own So you started website. blogging, you started taking on all these, like, freelance projects. Yeah. But you were, like, still spinning. Like, you didn't seem, like, fulfilled in that. So, like, how did you get to where you launched Think Creative? Yeah, so... The blog was called Think Creative KC, and my business was that, but I wasn't getting clients from the content I was creating. Um, a lot of the content in the beginning was a mix of personal, Kansas City focus, and then it did have some like education and like things I was learning as a business owner, but that's what ultimately stuck, was the people wanted to hear how to set up their MailChimp account or how to, I don't know, work on their priorities or goal set or whatever. And so I started blogging mostly about online business and what it was like to be a business owner and the struggles I was going through and the things I was learning. And that slowly, slowly allowed me to transition out of ultimately designing. But I was designing for, I would say, at least a solid year. Um, bringing in clients, working on web design, branding, marketing materials. And then I met my business partner in a Facebook group. Um, it's so cool how yeah. the connections online yeah. can become real life. Yeah. yeah. And we we had no intention of being business partners, and that wasn't why we connected. We just had a lot in common. We wanted to serve the same kind of people. And we actually collaborated first, and that allowed us to just kind of test the waters for some things. Um, and originally I brought her on as a contractor. We branded ourselves as business partners, but for legal reasons yeah. and for That's so smart. Yeah. yeah, it made it a lot easier to do it that way. Yeah, because she essentially became a part of your business, yeah. but you both are very much involved now. Yeah, oh, 100%. Yeah. We're now definitely 50-50 partners. Mm -hmm. um, we started just taking on marketing and design clients, again, mostly locally, but it expanded over time, and as our blog started growing, with this online component, it allowed us to to kind of dabble and create other things because we had built an email list. We had built an audience of people who were paying attention and they weren't people that wanted to work with us. And so we needed to figure out a way to market something specifically to them. And so were you, within, with your graphic background and stuff, mm -hmm. were you incorporating that? Is that how people were finding it? Maybe from Pinterest? Like, were you creating graphics for all of those blog posts? Yes, so I definitely was doing a ton of Pinterest work at the time. Mostly, it wasn't like crazy. It was a lot of just like really basic making a blog graphic, pinning it, and being really consistent about pinning it and sharing it. Um, you know, now with tools like Tailwind today, it's a lot simpler. Um, I remember like forcing Emily to try to make them too, and then she'd send me text messages like, what do you think of this? And I'd be like, move the text over. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why I didn't just make it for it. But, I mean, things like Canva didn't exist then. Yeah. So we were we still were talking using about Photoshop. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. it was it was a lot harder to get those things.
things out because mm-hmm. it, you couldn't do it quite as quickly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I know. We were trying, like, when we launched GoBlog Social, like, there were no free <laughs> logo design apps or Canva or, like, it was so crazy, like, to think about if we had started today versus Like, we made yeah. a graphic, like, in a minute today, yeah. and it yeah. would have taken us, like, hours. Oh, yeah. Hours. So, yeah. That's so funny. And, like, then how did you guys like, figure out, okay, these are the skills that I have, I need to focus on this area versus what Emily should be doing. Yeah, so I think that kind of naturally happened over time. We, um, at the time, because it was so client-heavy, it was like, oh, she's the photographer, and I'm the designer, and so, like, we just knew what the other person had the skills for, but I think as we started to grow our business and we started hiring other people to help us, I think we slowly slipped into someone, or I being more operations and management focused and her being more visionary, which is odd because I'm definitely a visionary in a lot of other aspects of my life, but for that, it's if you try to have too many people trying to lead that at the same time, you can cause conflict, and I don't know a lot of business partners that are still together years yeah, later. It's pretty so, amazing. Um, we talk about that too, because even though like we were 50-50 in GoBlog Social, which was not a huge revenue yeah. generator for us, it was more of a passion project, but like that we still have our friendship and relationship yeah. is so yeah. rare. Yes, totally. <laughs> yes. Um, so how did you guys go from basically being a design marketing firm to an online business? Like, was that gradual? Did it happen pretty quickly? When did you, like, know we've got to kind of it's transition? Fun. Like, it's yeah. genius, because if, you know, you're doing client after client, it's like, you only can make so much away. money, there's a glass ceiling. Right. Yeah, that passive life. Yeah, well, it's definitely far from passive. Or, like, not yeah. passive, but, like, you're building into your own company. More no, so. for sure, for sure. Yeah, so it really just started out as a course that Emily had actually built. Um, she had marketed specifically for photographers how to do in-person selling, and um, we had other creatives that bought it, and when I did my first webinar with her, um, we sold it, and we marketed to a broader audience, and we liked it, and it was fun, and webinars kind of became our thing. We started doing webinars every two weeks for over a year. we were just consistently putting out new content. And I feel like you were ahead of the curve, too, right. because a lot of people were like, what's a webinar? Like, I don't know. Yeah. I remember when you launched it, I was like, oh my gosh, this is genius yeah. that they're doing this because no one else, especially in Kansas City, was really, like, tapping into that. I well, and there's no real way to get this education. Like, You're right. In, right. You just, I mean, now there are obviously probably classes in the college level and stuff that touch on social media or whatever, like, the yeah. variety, but... Really, I think it's great how you did that. Yeah, it was it was the quickest way for someone who had a desire to build an online business to get that information. Now, now what we do is an entire industry, and it's growing, and I don't think it'll last forever either. I think it's a bubble that's going to burst, but um, we started that way, and really what happened is Emily got tired of clients. <laughs> so we took down our services probably before I was ready. I kept hiring clients, like, under the table for a while. But you also came from an agency background. Yeah, so I was like nervous. That feels yes. comfortable. And you right. I get that. that way. Yeah, yeah. I, I just wanted that security because when you think about it, when you're working with a client, I mean, we were charging up to $10,000 for a website at the mm-hmm. time, even five years ago. And so to bring on someone for an online course and charge 
I think at the time it might have been 197 or something like, like that. I don't know how many people are going to buy yeah. this month. Right. Yeah. And so it was hard to predict your income. And so it definitely grew over time, but it it took a while to yeah. completely replace what we had done. And how were you clients. guys marketing that class? So, so mostly through a social media. Mm-hmm. Um, we like really loved Instagram. Yeah. Like we had built a community there. And you grew pretty quickly, I feel like. Yeah. yeah. I oh. don't I don't really know why. <laughs> I think it was just like you were doing something so different yeah. at the maybe, time. Maybe yeah. maybe that was part of it. We definitely also started a Facebook community and yeah. at the time that led to a lot of our sales. Now it's it's kind of interesting having a Facebook community with twenty five thousand women in yeah. it. Like that's huge. That's we, awesome. We don't I mean, while it definitely helps our business, it's almost like it's taken on its own kind of ecosystem. And so, I mean, even if we post, people don't see it necessarily as often as they might see your own content that pops up in our group. So um, it's still a marketing tool, but it's different. And I think it's so smart you did that because so many people jump ship from Facebook or Twitter or other outlets because they're like, I'm going to put all my eggs into the Instagram basket. Mm -hmm. And it is hard to convert on Instagram. So mm-hmm. Facebook, I feel like it's much easier to like, not only keep people engaged and have that authentic conversation, but like to sell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we, we never really directly sold on our social platforms. We would usually lead them through some sort of funnel, almost predominantly at the time it was webinars mm-hmm. that it like would be followed up with sales emails. Um, but I mean, you can do some of that direct selling, but if you don't have the community built up that no like and trust built up it makes it really hard to convert especially at the price point we're selling at because now we have courses as much as two thousand dollars so like yeah. someone's not going to be like oh yeah i want that yeah. like bye like yeah. i need a little bit more information yeah do so, you notice that a lot of brands and things like clients that you were working with in the past are now taking the courses and trying to do it themselves um i definitely think there is some of that that's happening but you would be surprised how many businesses no longer exist. So um, while it's a growing field and people are definitely dabbling in doing the things, uh, a lot of the people we worked with early on like closed their doors for a variety of reasons. And I think you know it could be life, it could be economics, it could be all sorts of things. But I know very few businesses that still exist that started yeah, it's that so long sad, ago. But it's true. Like yeah. It, yeah. it's ever changing. Yeah. So who are like who are kind of the top audiences you're speaking to? And I'm sure it's varying across your courses, but like how are you connecting with these these target audiences? Yeah. So it's almost predominantly creative small business owners, and at this point, our solopreneurs. Yeah, a, a lot of solopreneurs, a lot of people that are makers, like artists, jewelry makers. Um, we have people in the wedding industry, whether that's that they're a wedding planner or um, florist or calligrapher. And we also have a lot of people that did a lot of the same things that we were doing then. So designers, Mm -hmm. photographers, um, people that see the potential of building their own company. And um, I would say the majority of them are beginners. While we definitely have some that are in that six-figure plus range, our content is really targeted towards someone who hasn't yet created a full-time income from what it is that they're doing. And are you still blogging, like, weekly or bi-weekly? No. No? No. Like, we, uh, well, I I take that back. We recently hired someone to help us blog on a weekly basis, but um, we've taken a pretty long hiatus from that. Mm -hmm. 
for a variety of reasons. Part of that is that we've been podcasting, and so we have like 400-ish episodes, and each of those episodes technically has its own blog, so yeah. we still put out consistent content every single week, um, but our our website is so robust at this point with hundreds and hundreds of articles that our traffic hasn't necessarily slowed down because we have less mm-hmm. new content. Right. You can repurpose. Yeah, or refreshing. Yeah. Or it's like you. It, but the crazy thing about something like Pinterest is you could have posted a pin three years ago and all of a sudden mm-hmm. it takes off. Like totally. I've noticed that with things too. Yeah, a lot of our older content has a lot more traffic than our newer content for sure. So if someone were wanting to go down this path that you did um, of, you know, getting into being an online business or creating a course, what is like a piece of advice you would give to them? I almost across the board would recommend starting with services. You're going to make the most amount of money the quickest by working one-on-one with clients. You're also going to learn a lot in the process that you maybe couldn't otherwise because when you're working one-on-one with them, if something doesn't work, they're going to tell you. And if they're pushing back, maybe there's a part of your process that you need to tweak. Um, I, I don't know. I, mean, I agree with that as a service business owner because then you also gain so much information and oh, materials yeah. that, like, you're not starting from ground one. Right. And, yeah. and you, you also are positioned as an expert. Yeah. yeah, people would trust to buy that course or that whatever that it, that digital download is mm-hmm. that you're doing because they believe in you. But right. So say then someone's ready, like, okay, what is the best? You have so many offerings. Is it best to start with one thing? Do you say dabble in a few different areas and see what sticks? Like, what is kind of the approach? I mean, I definitely think trying multiple things isn't a bad place to start. But once you've identified what you really want to lead with, I would focus way more than I have. Because um, having one really signature program can take you a lot further, a lot faster. But even just starting that, I I think more people should stay working with clients instead of doing it's it's honestly an uphill battle. Like yeah. costs are rising, marketing is expensive, and while I definitely make more than I did working with clients, it's not exponentially more. Mm-hmm. Even though my business is significantly larger, yeah. Um, because the cost of doing business is a lot higher when you're in that space. Um, but if you want to try it, I would definitely say work on talking to your audience, figuring out what they need. You ultimately have to solve a problem. If you're not solving a problem and you're just doing something that's pretty or whatever, it's a lot harder to sell. Yeah. You need something that's ultimately giving someone a solution to a pain that they feel exactly. all the time. I think that's so smart. Like maybe thinking about like what's a common question you're getting a lot on social media or in your inbox and like how you can create that into something else and not just relying on that to be your sole income because it does, I mean, you've been doing this for how many years now? Um, about five. So our, our business has definitely morphed and changed a lot in that time period, but I don't know. I think if I had started with passive, we wouldn't actually be nearly as large as we are today. Smart. Yeah. So tell us like trial and error. So tell us like your personal journey because you built this huge business Mm -hmm. online. Mm -hmm. You're not tooting your own horn enough, but you have. I know she keeps being like I'm just playing it a little. We built this major business. Listen to her podcast if you want to learn more. And then you've also kind of gone through a personal journey. Yeah. What has that been for you? Yeah. So I think a lot of it started because when you built a company where you have. 10 people, 20 people working for you, 
it can start to not feel like your baby anymore. Um, not that I don't love my business or want to nurture it and care for it, but I've missed being creative and I missed like having that say. Also, it was getting a little odd and that Emily and I are very different, very completely different people. And yet I would have people approach me and say, Emily. And oh, really? So, and like, they just associated yeah, it together. They just, they couldn't really tell us apart because our communication mm-hmm. was so similar and everything we were putting out. And so at the time, Emily and I both decided to start, you know, talking as more individuals, not necessarily with the goal of building a brand, but that's ultimately kind of where it's gone. Um, And then I just, for a long time, it was just like pictures of my dog and me just talking about my day. Like there was nothing special about it at all. Um, But a couple of years ago, I decided to start my own health journey. And I didn't necessarily know at the time what that was going to mean. Like it was really just like a side thing. It was very much a creative project. It was a challenge. It was a, let me see what I can do with this. Um, and that turned into a health company. Um, but I don't think I actually really started seeing momentum until I started my weight loss journey, which is just about a year ago. Um, and I think part of that was my mindset. It really didn't have anything to do with the work I was doing or the, the amount my business had grown. I had gotten to a pretty good, yeah. healthy place with my second business. I mean, we were generating $10,000 a month in sales, and this was something I did like on And that was with weekends. Young Living, right? Yeah. So right. I have my, I, my brand is called Simply Home, mm-hmm. and I use um, Young Living mm-hmm. as a network marketing company to grow that as a additional revenue stream mm-hmm. for myself. Well, and you were truly passionate about the oils mm-hmm. and how it has yeah. changed your life. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I think so often people don't even see that as a potential for themselves mm-hmm. or they think that it has to be you only talk about the other company, like that it can't be your own brand or it can't be your own identity and that you can't customize it to how you feel or how you want to show up in the world. And since then, like I've, I put out my own course, kind of, I don't know, loosely defined course, more of like a group coaching program Mm -hmm. for other women who want to go through their own health transformation. And how long were you using that before you started talking about it? Because so many people are like, oh, pyramid scams or things like that, like Mm -hmm. where you don't know what to trust and what to believe. So I like that you are so authentic with it and telling, but how long had you used it before you felt like comfortable really sharing? Yeah, so I was very skeptical to even become Mm -hmm. a user. Emily, ironically, kept telling me to try it, kept like saying, you need, you need this in your life. And I, I hadn't been sleeping. I was sick all the time. I had like crazy insomnia and she's like, just put this in your diffuser. Like you need a diffuser. I was like, I don't need anything. (laughs) Um, But three months of her telling me this over and over and over again, I finally got my starter kit and I took probably another six months before I even considered doing the business. And at the time doing the business to me just meant, can I make enough that I can order literally whatever I want? <laughs> yeah. That's so smart though. You weren't going into it like I'm going to make this. Yeah. And you, you were know. like trying it out. That's what I think is really yeah. important too, because a lot of people see these things and they're like, Oh, make sure you rich, love the product. Like, you can't just leave with the money. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people would be surprised what's possible on the revenue front, but 
I feel like it's probably very possible. I think people, just like passionate people that are, like really believe in what they're doing, which is yeah. good burnout. Yeah. Unless you really truly love Yeah, it. no, for sure. I think, I think I've seen people come in at, um, the majority for sure are definitely people who try it, loved it, mm-hmm. had no interest in doing the business, and then somehow magically it happens. And it's cool because you're able to take like that design marketing business experience that you've already built and then help other people with their own yeah. business because that's a much easier business than like, I'm going to start a design firm yeah. or an yeah. online you shop. Don't, you don't have to, you, you miss all of this stuff that you would have had to do on your own otherwise. You're not developing new products. Mm-hmm. You're not doing R&D to even get them out into the world. You're not shipping. You're not holding inventory. You're not doing customer service or coming up with promotions. Like all of that's handed to you like basically on a platter. You don't even have to have your own website. You just have to have a passion for sharing and a passion for caring for other people. And so I definitely think it's been amazing because it is one of the few business, um, I don't know what the right word is, like structures, I suppose, Mm -hmm. where, for instance, in Boss Project, I've spent years helping other people build their business. But when they turn around and are super successful, like it's all theirs. Um, But in this company and working with Young Living in my own like regards, I've been able to help other people build their own business, and when they do that, I'm financially rewarded for that. Yeah. So I'm really incentivized to help them see mm-hmm. growth. Yeah, that's really interesting because you're being a mentor. It's growing your brand, but also like you went through the weight loss journey, mm-hmm. and I feel like that really sparked so much interest in people because they saw like, oh my gosh, she's taking this seriously. She's mm-hmm. making health like a priority, and mm-hmm. if she can do it as a business owner, like I can do it too. Yeah. I, I think I, for a long time, was not willing to see the full picture, the full story, and I was just, you know, slowly switching out things in my home for more natural alternatives, but I didn't want to change how I was eating, and it's great to change your environment. Like, your environment's huge, but I feel like it's your whole person, and, like, your environment affects you, the food you eat affects you. Um Obviously, like, the stress you go through or don't go through with work also affects you. Um, And I was basically ignoring an entire part of my life. Um, And so my husband and I decided to just, like, take ourselves seriously, make a decision to do better. And a year later, we lost 100 pounds. So That's awesome. Seriously. Okay, so, like, from where you are sitting right here talking to us, you felt like... Wait, I want to mention, her husband works left his job and yeah. he works for you right yeah or you guys are a team now uh-huh. yeah so That's he awesome. he left his job in July um to start with me, working with me full-time so I had been building young living up into a point and then because of what I was doing with boss project I didn't necessarily have the time to be able to continue to see it grow I mean because you have priorities right yeah. and so I put it on the shelf for a while and it was definitely generating an income every month, but not necessarily in the way I wanted to see it continue to grow. And when Jared said, you know, I'm, I'm really burnt out. I'm really stressed out. I can't continue seeing myself do this for years. I've been wanting him home for a long time. I always thought that meant that I would make enough money that he could just be like a house daddy and make me <laughs> coffee. That's and what food my husband wants. I'm like, uh, whatever. <laughs> but yeah. this was a great alternative where he could actually come home and help provide and work on the business full-time and so he started that in July and 
it's been really fun to watch him go from, you know, timid and, I don't know, dude online who's never, ever talked on social media before to someone who, like, goes live, you know, five times a week to talk about life and the way we're living it and the things we've been through personally. And so it's been fun to watch him grow as a person. And like, so you're liking years. working with your husband. That's going, yeah. I love yeah. it. Yeah. I, I honestly think most people couldn't. But, <laughs> but I think we have a unique relationship where we started as friends and we mm -hmm. started spending all of our time together in college. And the, you know, marriage and intimacy, like, that was really secondary to how, like, everything started for us. So... It feels very natural and very normal for us to just coexist, yeah. so to speak. You still have, like, a really strong friendship. Yeah, yeah. and I love so that. He, he works, and I tell him when I need space. And oh, my we, gosh. We, it's amazing. <laughs> okay, now I'm taking you back like I wanted to. So okay, go. take her all the way back to Goldlock Social. Yeah. You had lost your job. You were, like, just not feeling that positive and great. And now you're sitting here with us. Like, you run these businesses. You just went over this great health transformation and everything like yeah what do you tell that person and the people listening that are in your go Box social days spot or like back well, then? i think the 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 phrase perhaps that has stuck with me so much is that we overestimate what we can do in a year and we underestimate what we can do in a lifetime and Five years ago is a good chunk of my life ago. Yeah. So um, I definitely could not have fathomed being where I am today, but it was just one small step after another, one decision after another. And I, I think you can dream really big, but also to not hold yourself back, you have to think in smaller goals because if you start looking at, oh, I want to build a million dollar company, like, okay like how about we start with your first client you know yeah once I land my first client how am I gonna land five consistently if um if, if clients even what you want to do like maybe it's just that you want to blog consistently or you want to become an influencer or whatever it doesn't really matter what the ultimate goal is but if you have something in mind working backwards to a smaller target I think makes everything so much more doable yeah I love that and like just thinking about like the journey to getting there is maybe long like but it's yeah. maybe worth it yeah yeah well I, the blog when I started was a big fat question mark <laughs> but it's come a long way and it has been fun because I mean now I get to blog all over again yeah. for my own I know work. yeah so she's kind of gotten back into yeah. lifestyle blogging which is so cool so what is like the future what are you excited about right now what's kind of like your focus for this year so I think it's it's twofold so boss project is definitely um, taking off and we have some in incredible projects we're working on um, I'm really excited about the, the thing we just released um, it's called the creative template shop and we have essentially pre design marketing and sales materials for small business owners and so I really see that kind of taking off because Without that background in design, that can be a really hard place for people mm -hmm. to start. Um, but then personally, I have been so focused on helping other people on their health journey. And while I love that and I'm super stoked about that, I have recently been really focused on what what is the next level for that. And I think ultimately that means bringing and training other people who want to 
be health influencers and who want to continue to go on their own transformation and turn it into a business. So I'm excited about empowering other people to build that and turn it into whatever they want it to be, whether it's a couple hundred dollars a month or a full-time income. Yeah. yeah. So I know really quickly, like going through a, a health journey, no matter what it is, that can be very vulnerable. Like mm -hmm. how was that experience putting it all out there on social media? Mm -hmm. Because you really have detailed so much of like what was going on mm -hmm. and how you've made it work in your life. But also like that can feel kind of scary. How can someone be more vulnerable on social media in a positive way? Yeah. So I think your vulnerability has to come from a place of authenticity because I've seen people be vulnerable almost for the attention uh -huh, more yeah. so than anything else. And so whenever I share something deep or dark or twisted or whatever, <laughs> I'm trying to make sure that it's something that either I need to personally process and yeah. thus like getting out into the world like helps me process it or that it's actually helping someone see that they're not alone. Yeah. And that's been something that helps me really drive my content is if it's coming from a place of I thought I was the only one like this and that's not necessarily true and discovering that I found that that tends to resonate with people the most um, when you are trying to write a vulnerable post like talking about the things that feel like things you would hide or things that you don't think are normal because um, no one's guaranteed that they're going to have those exact yeah. same thoughts whether yeah. you've convinced yourself that that's not true or not. So do you write them first, process it, and then share, or do you kind of just write and put it out there? I write and put it out yeah. there. Rarely do I write something in advance, I mean, maybe 24 hours at the most, yeah. Um, yeah. because so much of what I'm going through, it feels like I have to, I just have to immediately mm -hmm. put it out there if I were to like pre-plan it too much. Not that I don't think you could pre-plan, um, but with this specific thing, like, my body's changing, my, like, I can't take a photo yeah. more than two weeks in advance, like, because I literally don't look like the same person, um, so in terms of planning ahead with content, it's not necessarily it, something I've been able to do. Well, and going, it kind of helps you with not overthinking, and oh, so it seems yes. more real, and yes. this is truly what's happening, instead of, yeah. like, overthinking, does that sound right, yeah. and just, like, yeah. 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 out there. I also think it forces me to put out less, and so it's less, but higher quality, yeah. rather than like a churn of like because at one point on Instagram when I was growing the boss project channel at the time it was think creative collective like we were putting out three posts a day on Instagram and that was before Instagram stories existed so now I feel like I'm putting out significantly less content I mean maybe once or twice a week am I posting but I'm showing up every day on stories and that's mm -hmm. what's allowing people to create that community and connection yeah I love that you have so much motivation and just a really inspiring story. Oh, thank, thank you. you for sharing yes. that. Absolutely. Thank you for joining yes. us. If people do have questions or want to like find you, where do you want them to come? Yeah, so I would definitely check me out on Instagram. I'm at Abigail Says, and it's spelled a little funky. It's A-B-A-G-A-I-L Says. It's the easiest way to find me, though, is probably just to go to my website. It's simplyhomekc.com. So everyone can spell that. Everything else <laughs> from there. <laughs> well, thank you for coming, and this was like so inspiring. So. We appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in to this episode. Get inspired with more episodes on the GoBlog Social Podcast.